Hey, this is John Morgan. I'm the lead pastor here at Word of Life Church in the nation's capital. I want to personally thank you for taking time out to listen to our podcast today. It's our prayer that you're inspired and that your life is changed for the better while listening. So go ahead, enjoy today's message. I want to talk about parenting. Aren't you glad for a church that makes time to pray for the kids, anoint all the kids, talk about parenting, academy, I mean, the school, everything that's happening here. It's so, it's so beautiful of what God is doing here uh, in the body of Christ. And uh, I, 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 I have eight children, uh, like he mentioned. I think I've got a picture of them that they can put up. We've got eight children. There they are. And so let's see. We've got 17 15, 12, 10, 11, ah, 11, I want to say eight, so it's nine, it's eight, see, eight, five, and the twins just turned three, I'm going to learn their names next, but that's their ages, and, uh, and my wife is here today, she's going to heaven no matter what, give her a big God bless you, Pastor Joanne is here. And we did bring, this is our first book. We're so excited about it. And I'm just going to scratch the surface on it today. It's called Raising Parents. Uh, because that's what we're doing. Every child is a future mom. It's a future dad. It's a future business leader, future CEO. We're not raising them to grow up and think like kids. We're raising them to be a future parent, to be a future leader, to be a future minister. Can I get an amen about that? And so, you know, it may, it may just start off like a little off at first, but as they grow, as they age, that can be a big gap if we don't train them in the way that they should go. And so I'm just going to scratch the surface on this. It talks about setting your kids up for spiritual success. And so um, this is exciting. And so it's our very first book. We couldn't decide who to put on the cover. So we put everybody and the dog even made it on the cover here, apparently. Uh, but you can pick this up. Um, I think it's like 25 bucks. But we also have uh, a lot of other products that we brought here for you today. And you can put it in a bundle. We brought our audiobook because some of you may want to listen to it. And so we brought a study guide, which is great uh, for uh, small groups. And then we have master classes, so 10 master classes where uh, Pastor Joanne and I sit down and we go through all of the chapters with you. And so it's hours and hours of content on parenting. You can pick all that up today for $97. And all this goes uh, to feed children, goes to feed eight children. And so uh, all of that proceeds, goes. So you should see my Costco bill. It's insane. Uh, but nonetheless, that's there. I wanted to let you know about one more thing before I jump into the word, and that is cell phone permit. And this is something that my wife and I started uh, a few years ago. Uh, and, and what it is, is to help children learn how to navigate cell phones. How many of your parents have challenges with cell phones, right? Cell phones in a safe and secure way. And so uh, you're going to see us on Shark Tank real soon. Come on, can I get an amen about that and be praying for us? Uh, but if you've got children with phones or about to get phones, parents get them through this course of cell phone permit. And it handles everything from cyberbullying, the number one issue facing students in America today nationwide, cyberbullying, bullying, sextortion, um, digital tattoos, addiction, selfie dysmorphia, all the challenges that our children are facing with cell phones. And most parents just give their kid a phone and when they mess up, they take it away for a week and they give it back. But you could not get a driver's permit in the, in the state of Minnesota. Driver's permit is 36 hours. 
36 hours of training before the state of Minnesota will give you a permit. But we give our kid a phone with a 10-minute conversation and say, don't do something silly. They're going to do something silly. They're on this thing five, seven, eight hours a day. And so we have to educate them. And most parents don't realize the, the severity of it, that if your kid was to be texted an inappropriate picture, of another student. Does your student know how to handle it? Do they know how to handle it? Because if you send it to another student, they could be trafficking child porn, which is a felony. And most parents don't realize it until attorneys are involved. And so this is a $200 course that your church, your pastors have already paid for. Can somebody say amen about that? They've already made it available for free to all of you. Any of you who are in the, uh, uh, the, the, the school, the academy, it's all available to you. If you're visiting. It's available to you. See one of the leaders, one of the greeters or ushers out in the lobby. Uh, they'll get your information. They'll get you the code. And this is a beautiful tool. It's, 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 it's an online course that they take and, and the parent has all the passwords, all the codes, just like a permit. You don't just get a driver's license. You do it with a parent or guardian. Same thing with a cell phone. And our kids need our help, our investment. Can I get a big amen about that? So if you don't have it, get it today. Sign up for that today. This is a resource that your church has already made available to you. Well, let's kick this off with prayer. So Father, I thank you today for your word. I thank you for your grace. Anoint me to minister this truth and let all of us be the parents that you've called us to be in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. So whether you have kids at home, you wish you had kids at home, or you have kids at home that you wish would leave home, uh, today's for you, right? And so all of us want to be better parents. All of us want to be the parents that God has called us to be. And here it is, parents. Parenting is never a burden. It is always a blessing. It's always a blessing. Our kids are always a blessing. And I get it. I understand how challenging it can be. But the days are long, but the years are short. And you blink, and the baby that was in the car seat now has the car keys. Come on, am I right about it? And you begin to think, man, where did the years go? I remember my wife and I, we had just gotten married, and... The doctor had told her that uh, for some reason he didn't think she'd be able to have children. She was devastated. That doctor clearly didn't know what he was talking about. And so uh, we ended up going to this pet store and we picked up a little, a little dog, a little Yorkie, and which was the worst financial decision I've made in my adult life because the dog lived forever. And so we got this little dog and, and uh, we, we, we said, well, you know, we don't want the dog to chew up everything and mess up the house, so we're going to send the dog away for training. And so we sent the dog away for two weeks of training. And two days before we were, we were to pick the dog up, they called us and said, we need you to come in for two days of training. We said, no, just train the dog. They said, no, we have to train you because if we don't train you, you will destroy all the training we've given the dog. And so I hung the phone up. I looked at my wife and I said, wow, isn't this something, you know, if we need training for a dog, you know, we need training when it comes to being a parent. When it comes to being a parent. And so, you know, parenting is going to be pretty much the hardest thing you'll ever do in your life. And there's no days off. Come on, am I right? You don't get a day off. You're a parent. Even when you go out of town, you're still a parent. You go on vacation, you're still a parent. There's no days off. And it's the most important thing you'll ever do in your life. Footnote, your children are the only thing you can take to heaven with you. They're so important. They're so valuable. And so when it comes to parenting, the last thing we want to do when it comes to parenting is wing it. 
I'm just going to wing it. You know, I was a kid once. How hard can it be? Right? That's like saying I had surgery once. How hard can it be to operate on people? Right? You don't, you don't want to wing it when it comes to parenting. Right? A lot of us are messed up because our parents winged it with us. We don't want to wing it. So we want to get wisdom. Proverbs 4 and 5 says get wisdom. Everybody say get wisdom. It says get an understanding. Everybody say get an understanding. Proverbs 22 and 6 famous verse says, train up a child in the way they should go that when they're old, they will not depart. Train them up when they're young that when they're old, they won't depart. Says something about the beginning. Says something about the end. Says nothing about the messy middle. How many of you messed up in the middle? Come on, I'll wait for you to be honest and raise your hand. How many of you messed up in the middle? I messed up in the middle, right? The messy middle, but God's word is true. And you're here back in God's house today because God's word is true that if we train them up in the way they should go, that when they're old, they will not depart from the faith. So what are you saying, Pastor Jonathan? I'm saying it takes you, that you and you alone have the authority and the anointing to raise the children that God has given you. God gave you those children because you have the authority. I'm saying we have to stop outsourcing parenting. We can't say, well, I'm not good at this. You teach them that, and you teach them this, and you teach them about Jesus, and hey, I'll bring them to church. You teach them about the Bible. How about we take some responsibility as parents, and we get involved in raising the children that God has given us? How about we teach them the Word of God? We pray with our children. We, we teach our children how to hear the voice of God. You have the authority and the anointing to raise the child that God has given you. And Pastor Joanne and I don't have it all figured out. We don't have it all together either. We still have cereal bowls in the closet, I'm sure, and little chicken nuggets shoved down in the back seat of the of the the, the suburban. Actually, Pastor Joanne drives a bus, actually. She I got her a big brand new bus and 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 I, I we gave it to her and I said, You got a brand new car, aren't you excited? She goes, No, I'm not excited to drive the bus. I don't want to drive that bus at all. But nonetheless, that's what she drives, a big giant passenger bus. And so uh we don't have it all together either, but all we're trying to do is hopefully ignite the conversation between you and your spouse, you and your children, ultimately between you and the Lord to realize you have what it takes to raise the children that God has given you. you know, there's a great story in Mark chapter 9, 17 through 23. For the sake of time, I won't read it all, but it's a story of a father whose son was possessed by demonic spirits. And this demonic spirit was literally causing this young man to commit suicide. He was throwing himself in the fire, throwing himself in, in water, trying to take his own life. Suicide is the leading cause of death amongst teenagers in our state. And it's the leading cause of death amongst teenagers in our nation. Where's all my grandparents? If you're a grandparent, would you just raise your hand? If you're a grandparent, look at all the amazing grandparents. Can we celebrate our grandparents today? Give them all a big God bless you. Grandparents are a jewel to your children. Do you know that if your child has a healthy relationship with a grandparent, statistically, they have almost a 0% chance of suicide. 0% chance. Do you know why? Because grandparents are unconditional love. That's why when you get them back from their grandparents, you have to re-educate them. Because grandparents are unconditional love. So maybe our kids don't need more medication. Maybe what they need is a healthy relationship with their grandparents. We talk a lot about that in the book. I encourage every grandparent, buy that book for every one of your children. But grandparents are blessings. And I'm praying that every grandparent 
the influence that you have in the life of your child and your grandchildren would not diminish with age, but that it would grow. That your words and your wisdom and the weight of your words would increase in the life of your children and your grandchildren. Come on, somebody say amen about that. How many of you want your words to increase? The weight of your words to increase. Parents, if you want your words and the weight of your words to increase when you speak to your child, when you speak to your teenager. If you're talking to your teenager and they're looking back at you like you are invisible. If you're talking to your teenager and they're looking back at you like the words are bouncing off of them, you need an anointing. You need an anointing to raise the child that God has given you. You're not going to get this by watching a podcast. You're not going to get this because somebody just laid hands on you. You get an anointing by spending time with Jesus in the morning. When you spend time in the presence of the Lord, he gives you an anointing. An anointing makes your words effective. It makes when you speak to your child, the words sink into their heart and it penetrates their soul. So they can become like Jesus. This is why you need an anointing to spend time in the presence of the Lord. This is why ministers have to spend time in the presence of the Lord so that when they get up and talk, their words are effective and their words touch the hearts of people's lives. And the words don't just bounce off of them because if you talk to your child without an anointing, the words will not be effective and you will become frustrated and you will begin to yell and get angry at your child because your words are not penetrating the darkness. This is why we have to spend time in the presence of Jesus and the anointing costs what it costs and it does not go on sale. And you have to pay the price for the anointing. And when you spend time with Jesus outside of just church on Sunday, if your children only see you worship on Sunday, they only see you pray on Sunday, they only see you serve on Sunday, they will think it is religion. And the best place to raise an atheist is a religious home. A religious home is something that you only practice on Sunday, but you do not live throughout the week. I remember as a teenager walking in the house and seeing my parents worship. I remember as a teenager waking up in the middle of the night and seeing my mom on her knees praying in the Holy Spirit over me because I was a teenager and I had lost my mind and I needed somebody to pray for me and encourage me and strengthen me. And this taught me that they had a genuine relationship with Jesus Christ. It comes by spending time with Jesus. Hear me, parents, we have nothing shinier or more beautiful to offer our children than Jesus. He is the treasure of heaven. He is the pearl of great price. Whatever else you fail to teach them, as long as you teach them Jesus, Jesus will teach them all the other things that you failed to teach them. But if you failed to teach them the Lord, you have robbed them of the greatest blessing you could have ever given them in their life. Spending time in the presence of the Lord, teaching them how to know God is speaking to them. Because God's first language is not English. Or if you're my wife who's Hispanic from Panama, God's first language is not Spanish. God's first language is visions and dreams. Only a few people in the Bible God ever spoke to audibly. 
Everybody else he spoke to, he spoke to in visions and dreams. That's why our kids don't always understand us when we go to them and say, what is God saying to you? And they go, I don't hear God. God does not talk to me because they're listening for English. God speaks in visions and dreams. That's why we need to turn the TV off an hour, 30 minutes before we go to bed, put on worship music and begin to pray with our children, declare truth over our children, turn their hearts and their minds towards the presence of God and prophesy over them that God is going to speak to you tonight while you sleep, that you are a child of God and, and talk to them about their dreams in the morning, talk to them about their visions in the morning, because if they have an encounter with Jesus, no argument can stand up against an experience. Once they see Jesus for themselves, I remember as a young man, the Lord coming to me in a dream and it changed my life completely and it helped keep me through college. It kept me through high school because I knew that the Lord was real because he revealed himself to me. Ask the Lord to reveal himself to every one of your children. And this young man who was possessed by demons The father brought him to the disciples. The disciples couldn't do anything. And then Jesus says, bring the boy to me. I could preach a month on that one verse. Bring the boy to me. We have to get our kids to Jesus. Teaching our children to get up in the morning and spend time with the Lord. Not 10 minutes, not 15 minutes. Spending 15 minutes with Jesus, you're not going to be like Jesus spending 10 minutes with Jesus. And if you don't spend time with Jesus, you're not going to be like Jesus. You know what you're going to be like? You're going to be like you. How many of you want your kids to reach their destiny? Come on, raise your hand. You want your kids to reach their destiny. Do you know that your child's destiny is bigger than money? Your child's destiny is bigger than a degree. Your child's destiny is bigger than being YouTube famous. Your child's destiny is bigger than being wealthy. Your child's destiny is not temporal. Those are temporal things. Your child's destiny is eternal. The Bible says, for those the Lord knew, he also predestined that they may be conformed into the image of his son. That your child's destiny ultimately is to be like Jesus, to walk like Jesus, to talk like Jesus, to love like Jesus, to forgive like Jesus. Does your child know their destiny is to be like Jesus? Do you tell them when they're like Jesus that you are walking in your destiny, which is to be like Jesus? Because most of our children think their destiny is about football. They think their destiny is to be a doctor. They think their destiny is to get a degree. They think their destiny is to make a lot of money. And they think you're most proud of them when they excel at these things, when really we should be most proud of them when they are like Jesus. What good is it if our children are multimillionaires and they don't know Jesus? What good is it if they have more degrees than a thermometer and they don't know how to pray and they don't know the Lord? This comes with parents who are willing to pay the price to get on our knees with our children in prayer and teach them how to pray. Teach them how to read the word of God and write the scriptures on their heart where they get up in the morning on their own and have a discipline to be a disciple to spend time in the presence of Jesus. This is how you become like Jesus. Can I get an amen? Amen. Well, how many hours do I need to spend to be like Jesus until your wife tells you you're like Jesus? (laughs) Until your husband tells you you're like the Lord. Some of us have a a strong flesh and you got to spend two or three hours with the Lord to be like Jesus. 
My daughter, Victoria, she's a lot like the Lord. She's just very patient, meek, lowly, humble. She just, she loves the Lord. She's really, even my, even her siblings are like, yeah, Victoria's like Jesus. She, 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 the Lord revealed himself to her in a dream. She saw the Lord twice. When I saw her, she was hysterically weeping. The Holy Spirit was all over her. And she's so like the Lord. She even has, she even asked for Christmas. She goes, I want a, I want a Jesus doll. We couldn't find one. My wife finally found one. I think they got a picture of her. Uh, she, 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 she wants to be, I FaceTime her and she's there with Jesus on the phone. She's like, I'm like, how's Jesus? She's like, it's good. Me and Jesus are good. But our, our, we want our kids to be in love with the presence of the Lord. This is what, it, this is the, this is the price. We have to bring our kids to Jesus. We take them everywhere else. You take them to football. You take them to soccer. You take them to basketball. We take them everywhere else. Footnotes. Do you know that the average parent spends anywhere from four to 500 hours annually on extracurricular activities? Do you know the average parent spends anywhere from 23 to $2,700 a year on extracurricular activities? And you talk about buying a book or you're talking about getting a master class to learn on parenting. And they're like, oh, I don't want to pay that. Or, oh, that's, you know, why am I doing that? Twenty-three to $2,700. I've already spent $1,500 for my 15-year-old to play football this year. And I have to pay $20 per person to watch him play. This is a racket. I have to pay for him to play football. Then I got to pay to watch him. And do you know, that's not, that's not the, the scary part, the four to 500 or the 23 to 2700. That's not the hard part. You know what the hard part is? The odds of your child taking that extracurricular activity with them into adulthood is 0.005%. That your child with that saxophone is Kenny G, that that kid with that football or basketball is Michael Jordan, 0.005%. And you're dropping $23 to $2,700, four to 500 hours for 0.005%. I went in our kids' ministry the other week. I looked at the kids. I came back and told our church. I said, look, parents, I went in there. I looked at those kids. They're not all going in the NBA. They're not all going in the NFL. I looked in there. They're not all going in pro sports, but you know what they can all do? They can all love Jesus. They can all fulfill God's destiny for their life. They can all be filled with the Holy Spirit and spend eternity with Jesus. I'm not saying not to do extracurricular activities. We do them. But I'm saying they have to fall second to where we are with Jesus. Do we bring our kids to God's house? Stay-at-home parents do not produce church-going kids. Well, we're not going to church today. We're just going to have family time. Is it really family time? Is it really family time? Or is dad watching the news, mom's on her phone, the kids are on their devices? Maybe Maybe we'd have more family time riding to church as a family Worshiping as a family, hearing the word of God as a family, serving as a family, going out to lunch afterwards as a family. Maybe our best family time is church time, is in being in God's family and in God's house, teaching our children to serve one another because serving one another is worship. If there's anybody you don't want to serve, it's a sibling. Teaching them to prophesy over each other. It cuts down on sibling rivalry when your children learn to prophesy blessings over each other. Prophesying over your own children. Do you know how many people in this room have never received a prophetic word over their life from their parent? And if you were ever bullied in school, those are demonic prophecies. 
I talk about it in the book. Those are demonic prophecies that are spoken over your life. You're dumb. You're stupid. You're ugly. You're fat. Nobody likes you. You're a loser. These are all demonic prophecies that are spoken again and again and again and again and again that destroy our child's confidence. Don't speak shyness over your child. Oh, they're just shy. They're just shy. There's not a person in this room that wants their child to be shy. And shyness can rob them of their possibilities and opportunities. Every parent in this room wants their child to be bold. Every parent in this room wants their child to look up and speak up for themselves and to be courageous. Can I get an amen about that? And we have to be careful what we speak over our children. So God told me five years ago on Father's Day to give every one of my children a gift. Every Father's Day, I give every one of my family the gift. It's the biggest gift I give them all year because I'd get some little terrible gift that they bought on my credit card. And so the Lord said, I didn't make you to be a receiver. I made you to be a giver. And what do fathers want on Father's Day other than influence in the life of their family? And so on Father's Day, I give everyone in my family the biggest gift I give them all year. And I write a prophetic word over their life. I frame it. I put it in their room. And every time I go in their room to pray for them at night, I prophesy that over them. And I write and declare truth over their life. You have to be the prophetic voice in your home. Do not let Satan be a voice and you be silent. Silent parents are killing our children. We have to be a prophetic vocal voice that when the enemy opens his mouth, we open ours. And we say, you are fearfully and marvelously made. Everything about you is perfect from the color of your skin to the texture of your hair. You were called and anointed for such a time as this and prophesy it, practice it at home, practice the presence of God. We practice everything else. Do you know how much fake plastic food I have eaten in my life? Do you know how many fake meals and little, they play with little grills and kitchens and, and little cars and plastic phones. And we pretend at two and three and four and five, they got little cars and they got little this, but we're not going to practice prayer till they're 10. We're not going to practice reading the Bible till they're 15. We're not going to practice prophesying over each other till they're 20. And we wonder why they can't do it. We have to practice the presence of God because practice does not make perfect. Practice makes permanent. Write it on the hearts of your children. Teach them how to prophesy. Teach them how, how to experience the presence of God in their home. We have to practice things. Have family values. The car that you drove here, that company has values. The clothes that you're wearing, that company probably has values. How do you not have values? If you don't set your family values, the world will tell you what you should value. So one of our family values is God speaks to me no matter my age. Another family value is I will do nothing consistently that consistently takes me out of God's house. So when my teenager comes to me and says, I want to do football and it's on Sunday morning, he already knows you can miss. You can't miss consistently because we will do nothing consistently that consistently takes us out of God's house. So if you don't set your value, the coach will set your values. The world will set your values. You don't have any values. Let us tell you what you value. We'll tell you when you can come to church. We'll tell you when your kid can be in Wednesday night youth. We'll tell you, we'll tell you. And if you don't set your values, the world will set them for you. So you have to write the values on their heart. This is what we value as a family and to bring our kids to Jesus. And the Lord set this young man free. And Jesus said, this kind, what kind? This kind of spirit, the kind of spirit that affects your child's ability to hear and speak. They can't hear what you're saying. They can't communicate how they feel. This kind of spirit can only be driven out, but by prayer 
and fasting, getting on our knees for our children and believing God to deliver them and to set them free and for God to reveal himself to them because Psalms 127 and 4, like arrows in the hands of a warrior, are the children born of our youth, that they're the long-range weapon in the spirit, that they will go into places that we've never gone into. They will do things that we've never done. They will accomplish things that we have never accomplished. It's not just the sword of the spirit. We have another weapon. It's our children. Our children will go into schools and environments and nations that we have never set foot in. And we have to make our arrows. When the guy wrote that verse, he couldn't run down here to a sporting goods store and just pick up some arrows. You have to make the arrows. The person who shot the arrow made the arrow. Your children are your arrows and you do not have an unlimited supply. Some of you have two arrows. You have one arrow. You have seven arrows. You don't have an unlimited supply. You have to make your arrows. And our children are terrible at doing what we ask them to do. Come on, am I right, parents? They're terrible. They're the worst at it. Didn't I ask you to do that? How many times do we have to ask you? If I have to ask you one more time, didn't your mother just ask you? Come on, am I the only parent in here that has to do that? Come on, parents, where are you at? Right? They're the worst at doing what you ask them to do, but they are amazing at doing what they see you do. They will do what they see you do without you even asking. So if, 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 if I come in the house, I'm, I'm in a bad mood. Just, just, just leave me alone. I've had a bad day. Just leave me alone. Hey, guys, mommy's in a bad mood. Just, just leave her. Daddy's in a bad mood. Just leave him alone. Then when they turn teenagers and they have a bad day, they come in the house. I'm in a bad mood. Leave me alone. What if, as a dad, I walked in the house and said, hey, family, I've had the worst day today. I've really been attacked. I need my whole family to come around me and pray for me. Hey, guys, mom's had an awful day today. Let's all come around her and pray for her. So that when they turn teenagers, they walk in the house and they say, I've had an awful day today. I need my family to pray for me. How many of you would love your teenagers to walk in the house and say, I've had a horrible day. I need you to pray for me rather than run up in the room, shut the door and say, leave me alone. Our children will do what they see you do. If you want to know what you pray like, ask your children to pray. They pray like you. They'll serve like you. They'll give like you. And sometimes if you want to know what God is going through with you, look at what you're going through with your child. Oh, Jesus. Ask God to speak to them in visions and dreams, not feelings. If all the lights in this building were to go off right now, you know how you, could get, how you would get out of here? You'd get out by feeling. And you'd move really slow. But if all the lights were on, you could run out of here. See, that's why we need to have God show us in a dream or a vision, his plan and purpose. If you can't see what God has for you, you'll operate by feelings. And you know you're operating by feelings by listening to how you talk. I just feel. I don't know how I feel. Let me see how I feel. Maybe I'll feel this way. I used to feel. I don't know how I feel about it. I feel, I feel, I feel. And person who feels is going through the life, their life based on feelings. But if you could see, you could run. That's why the Bible says, write the vision, make it plain that all that see may run. You need to ask God, show me, show me what my child is supposed to do. It's the same thing that the angel of the Lord did for Samson's parents. It's the angel showed Samson's parents, the destiny and the prophecy for Samson. It's the same thing with Mary and Joseph. The angel showed Mary and Joseph the destiny that God had for Jesus. 
We don't even go to God and say, God, let me do what I want. We go to God and say, Father, tell me what you want me to do. Show me. I want to do, I want to be what you want me to be. But then we go to our kids and say, do whatever you want. Do whatever you want. I'm going to make a lot of money so you can do whatever you want. But we don't go to God who has a lot of money and say, God, let me do what I want. We go to God and say, God, you show me. I How many of you want to be in God's will for your life, right? God, I want, to, I want to do what you want me to do. But we don't do that for our child. We as a parent need to go to God and say, God, show me in a dream or a vision. Speak to me that I may lead and guide and train my child in the way they should go, that when they're old, they will not depart from the faith. Our children need parents who will get a hold of the presence of God. And be a priest and a prophet in their home. You know, the Bible says, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together as you see the day of the Lord approaching. In Hebrews chapter 10, that's church, but that's more than church. That's family. That as we get closer to the coming of the Lord, we need to be more together as a family. Do you know the average, according to the Mayo Clinic, the average family spends 90 seconds together a day? 90 seconds? I'm not talking about under the same roof. I'm talking about together, talking together. Many times we get together, we're on our phones. We're all at the restaurant on our, on our phones. We're alone together. But we're not looking at each other, talking to each other, engaging each other. And as we see the day of the Lord coming, we need to be more and more engaged together. Well, I'm not an absentee father. You don't have to leave home to be absent. You can be in the car and be absent. You can be in the living room and be absent. You can be right there in the house and be absent. We more than ever before have to be engaged and involved in the life of our children. A Harvard study said eating meals together as a family leads to improved psychological health, lower rates of alcoholism, drug abuse, early sexual activity, suicide, and eating disorders just by eating meals together as a family. You can improve all of those things. Just by having engagement. And you have to sit down as a, as a couple and decide what is your win. Joanna had to sit down and say, okay, when we're holding hands and all the gray hair is in and we're holding hands, we're looking at the kids and the grandkids and we go, we did it. We did it. What is your it? What is your win? So for us, you can take ours if you want. But our win is that our children want to spend time with us, each other, Jesus, and his church even when they don't have to. That I don't want to spend 20 years raising a child that wants to talk to me 20 minutes a year. That I don't want to raise children that don't want to ever engage each other. That what good is it if they're multimillionaires, but they don't want to spend time with Jesus. And I get how challenging it can be, parents. I understand how difficult it can be. All the different responsibilities that we have in our home, modeling it for our children. Sometimes you just want to be alone and you got to go to the bathroom and shut the door just to be, have a moment of peace. And they're putting their fingers under the door because they're trying to get to you. And you got to go in the garage, in the car and shut the door just to be able to make a phone call without kids screaming in the background. I understand how difficult it can be. We all have different responsibilities in our house. I'm responsible for cleaning the house. So I get all the minions out, all the kids at the end of the day, I get them all lined up and, and I, I got a laser pointer. Write this down. I'm telling them, save your life. I got a laser pointer because I'm responsible for cleaning the house at the end of the night and they can't see nothing. Pick that up over there. What? What? I don't see it. I don't see it. That right there. Pick it up. What? I so I got a laser pointer and I said, you see that right there? Move that over there. Hey, you see that? You see that? Move that over there. Hey, you see that? You see that? Move. So I could live 
Go on Amazon today and buy it. Because parenting at 44 is different than 34. You know, when I was in my 20s, I'd get on the ground and wrestle with them and run around. You get 44 and they're little. It's like, hey, daddy. It's different. I get how challenging it can be, parents. Well, you know, we don't like to pray because prayer is boring. It's boring because you make it boring. Get on that big 60-inch, 80-inch TV you bought at Costco and zoom in on Google Maps. Go in on grandma's house and pray for grandma. Zoom in on your church right here on Google Maps. Pray for your church. Pray over our capital. Come on, God knows our nation needs prayer. Can I get an amen about that? Pray for your nation. Pray. We do this thing in my family called 60-second preach. Everybody has to run around the house, grab an object, come back and preach on it for 60 seconds. This is how I get all my sermon illustrations. Make prayer fun. Find ways to make it engaging. You know, find ways to to involve them in the things of God. Teach your children how to restore broken relationships. Teach them how. If you you teach your kids how to restore broken relationships, it will help them so much. Because so many people in the body of Christ don't know how to restore broken relationships. They don't know how when things go wrong to fix it. So when things go wrong at church, I just leave church. Things go wrong at work, I just leave work. Things go wrong with a friend, I just walk away from the friend because they don't know how to fix it. It reminds me of a story of a pastor had. He had two uh, junior high boys and they had just started to value money. They had hired a nanny. They came home and asked the nanny how things went. The nanny said, actually, they were really rude. They were, it went really bad. So the next morning, the mom uh, got up, called the boys down and said, here's what we're going to do. You're going to write a one-page letter apologizing to your nanny. Then you're going to take your hard-earned money cutting grass, and you're going to go to the florist, and you're going to buy a dozen long stem roses. Then we're going to her job, and you're going to read this apology letter to her in front of her coworkers and apologize and restore this broken relationship. And the boys looked at her and said, just spank us because <laughs> they would have rather had a spanking than, than had to go through the humility of restoring a relationship. But you cannot restore things without humility. And just taking something away from your child may hurt them for a moment, but it doesn't teach them to fix something. You have to teach your child to restore broken relationships. That if you mess that up, I'm sorry is not a good answer. I'm sorry is an incomplete sentence. What are you sorry for? You can't just go to your sister and say, you're the most annoying sister in the world. I can't stand you. No, no, no. You will not be Satan's evangelist in our home. You're not going to be filled with hate because hate is how you make Satan your pastor. We're not going to do that. You're now going to apologize for saying that, and you're going to redeem it with a godly prophecy. Okay, I'm sorry for saying that you're the most annoying sister in the world. You're actually not the most annoying sister in the world. You're actually the most wonderful sister in the world. You're beautiful. You're probably going to change the world for Jesus Christ, and everything you touch is going to be blessed. You'll probably be a multimillionaire and go all over the world telling people about Jesus. This is how you apologize in the family of God. Can I get an amen about that? You have to practice these. We practice going to someone's house. Because have you ever taken your kids to someone's house and they act like they don't know what to do when you take them to someone's house? And they're like, how old are you? And they just look shy and they hide. It's just, so we practice. I say, go outside the house, ring the doorbell. 
And so they ring the doorbell and we answer the door and we practice. Come in. Hi, shake my hand. Look at me. Hi, my name is, my name is Victoria. Hi, nice to meet you. I'm so glad. Wow, your house is beautiful. This is amazing. And so we practice this. We practice going to someone's house. We practice going out to eat. We teach, one of our family values is we care about other people than ourselves. So at the end of the meal, we're going to pick up the floor around the table because it looks like a bunch of wild hyenas ate at the table. Well, that's the server's job. I don't care if it's the server's job. Stack the plates because we care about other people than ourselves. Take the shopping cart back to the little corral thingy over there. Well, that's somebody else's job. I don't care if it's somebody else's job. We care about other people than ourselves. And your right to be here shouldn't, so don't scream at the restaurant. Don't scream and lose your mind at the restaurant or church because your right to be here does not destroy the right of someone else to enjoy the same experience. And if you don't practice these things and teach them these things, then they don't know how to act. We have to practice it. These are very practical things. And you're going to make mistakes. We've all made mistakes. Come on, raise your hand if you've made some mistakes in parenting. You're going to make them. My wife and I, we were first-time parents, and we went down to the Bahamas. My family's from the Bahamas. I talk more about this in the book, but we went down to the Bahamas, and, I, and we were first-time parents. So we had all the things that first-time parents think they need, but they don't need. And we got out there on the tarmat, and we got everything. And she goes, I got to go to the restroom. And I said, okay, go to the restroom. So I gave him the stroller, carry-on, diaper bags, and everything. And she comes back, and she says, where's Alexander? And I said, you have Alexander. You took him with you. And she goes, I don't have Alexander. And she looks and she goes, oh my gosh, you folded him up in the stroller. And I did. I didn't know he was in there. And it was just a big stroller. And you just turn it and fold. the canopy was over. I thought she had him. They was getting ready to put him under the plane. And people are looking at us like this kid doesn't stand a chance. So we've all made mistakes. We've all blown it from some time or other. And you don't have to parent very long before you realize you don't know how to parent. In the book, we talk about the four stages of parenting, discipline, training, coaches, and friendship. And I get it, parents. You know, I, I get what it can be like because they're so cute. And I don't want to discipline them and, and cute little I just don't want to discipline. And, and, and I'm going to delay it. I'm going to delay it. And listen to me when it comes to parenting. You can cram. You can cram for a test. You're not going to cram parenting. You're not going to get to 14, 15. Oh, I, I was busy. I, I was working. I, I didn't get it done. Let me try and cram it in. You're not going to cram parenting. Parenting is seed, time, and harvest. Pay the price now. Guys, don't, don't, don't give your 20 to 40 trying to make money. You're going to make more money from 40 to 60 than you are 20 to 40. But you're not going to be able to go back and reparent. And I get it. The days are long, but the years are so short. My family, like I mentioned, is from the Bahamas. In the Bahamas, we have palm trees. They're amazing. Guess what we don't have in Minnesota? We don't have palm trees. And you know why we don't have palm trees? There's nothing wrong with the soil. There's nothing wrong with the seed. You know why we don't have palm trees? It's not the right atmosphere. There are some things in your family that will not grow until you have the right atmosphere. You've got to set an atmosphere of peace. You have to set an atmosphere of joy. You have to, I have to be the Tony Robbins in my house. I have to come down the steps, good morning. I have to do that. Because if I come down the stairs, oh, good morning, I don't want to. That's how they're going to act. That's how they're going to act. You have to take authority over the phones. 
We, we, this is how we do it in our house. No phones upstairs. We have a family password, and anybody can use anybody's phone at any time. I talk more about it in the book. How do you handle it? We talk about dating. How do we handle dating? How do we handle that? We talk about it. These are the kind of things that, that we have to get a handle on. What does the word of God say in our homes? Because what God wants to do in each and every one of our children is amazing. And I want my child so full of the Holy Ghost that even when they try and sin, the world rejects them. How many of you people, how many other parents want that for your child? You remember Peter and Peter went to betray the Lord. And one woman at the fire looked and said, she said, hey, you're a disciple. And he said, no, no, I'm, I'm not with Jesus. I'm, I don't go to, I don't, I don't go to church. And she said, yeah, yeah, you want to, you want his disciples. And he tried to cuss. Come on. How many of you know the story? He, he tried to cuss. And, and she said, no, she said, no, she said, you one of them. And you know what she said? She said, you one of them, because even your speech betrays you. That when he tried to cuss, he was terrible at it because he had been with Jesus so long. He had been with the presence of God so much that when he tried to act like the world, the world rejected him. When he tried to cuss, the world said, we don't want you. I want my kids so full of the Holy Spirit that when they try to go to that party, they say, we don't want you at our party because we know your mama got the Holy Ghost. We don't want you. We don't want you getting high with us and drinking with us. You don't even know how to cuss right because you're so full of the presence of Jesus. And I want somebody to come play something for me as I close. Joshua 24, 15 says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. For every parent in here who feels like they've messed up and made mistakes, you know, and you feel like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to get back from this. The Bible says that God will restore the years, the years. He's the only one who can restore the years. You know, maybe you, you feel like your children are older and man, if I'd have known what I know now, how do, how do I redeem that? Or, or you feel, I know Joanne, every time we, we'd hear somebody talk on parenting, we'd feel like, man, we've just made so many mistakes. But listen, just because your kids make mistakes does not mean you're a bad parent. Footnote, you cannot protect your children from their testimony. They're going to have a testimony just like you. And if you're a bad parent because your kids makes, made mistakes, that would mean God is a bad parent. Because I'm one of his kids and I've made a lot of mistakes. So maybe we just need to let go of the gravity of grace. And not just extend grace down, but let grace go up. And so I want to leave you today with a prophetic word for every parent in here who feels like maybe your child's not where they need to be with Jesus. It's out of the book of Jeremiah and the children of Israel, that their children had been taken captive. And here's what it says in Jeremiah 31, 16. It says, thus says the Lord, refrain your voice from weeping and your eyes from tears. For your works shall be rewarded, says the Lord. Every time you brought them to church and it looked like you didn't make a difference. Every time you got up in the morning and prayed with them and it looked like, what are we doing? Every time at night you turn the TV off and said, we're going to focus on the presence of Jesus and we're going to read the Bible and we're, we're going to get the resources that we need to help be the parents that God's called us to be. Your works shall be rewarded. And here it is. They shall come back from the land of the enemy. I prophesy that over every parent in here who feels like your child is not where they need to be with Jesus, that they shall come back from the land 
of the enemy. Jesus just wants you to love him. He'll give you the desires of your heart. I'm out of time, but I just, I just got to share it. It'll take me one minute. This, my daughter, Isabella, we were at Disney years ago, and we were walking through the gift shops, and she came up to me. She found this little Minnie Mouse ring, and she brought it up to me and said, can I have it? And I looked at her, and I said, no, put that away. Don't touch anything. Everybody leave everything alone. We're leaving. Because it's like blood in the water to sharks. If one gets one, then they all want something. And, and, and I don't know what it cost at Disney, $175,000. I don't know what it costs. And so I told my wife, I said, take them down a little further, and I'm going to go back and get her that little ring. So I went back, and I just bought her this little Minnie Mouse ring. And it was in November, and on Christmas morning, I gave it to her. And what was so beautiful is that when she saw the ring, she dropped the ring and grabbed me. And it taught me in that moment that God will give you the desires of your heart as long as when you get it, you're willing to drop it to grab him. He loves you so much. You have what it takes to be the parent God has called you to be. Come on, you get something out of this today. Can you give God a praise? Can I pray for you? Again, I, I, just, I just scratched the surface, but I, I want to encourage you, get those resources, get that master class. Let, let Joanne and I just have those those hours to just talk to you about parenting and we talk about dating and all those things. But I just want to pray for you today. And would you just lift your hands and let me just pray for you. Father, I pray for every family in the room. I pray for every mom, every dad, every grandparent. Father, even our single people here, Lord, they're going to be parents one day. God, I just declare for them, they have what it takes to raise the children that you've given them. I know the days are long, but God, the years are so short. God, redeem the years. Honor your prophecy that our children shall come back from the land of the enemy and our work shall be rewarded. I bless them in Jesus' name. Everybody said.